In April of 2004, Army Ranger Stephen Elliott was deployed with the 2nd Ranger Battalion to Afghanistan. The objective of Operation Mountain Storm was to kill or capture Osama bin Laden. On April 22nd, Stephen's squad was attacked by enemy combatants which resulted in four casualties, one of whom was former NFL safety Pat Tillman. It was told very plainly by all of us what happened, and it was concluded very clearly that it was friendly fire. That was the first time that the possibility that maybe I had fired on Pat and maybe hit him in, you know, what was practically darkness uh, had occurred. That's when um, the real, for me, the real um, survivor's guilt started kicking in. That's when the post-traumatic stress really started kicking in. Uh, that's when the nightmares started kicking in. Uh, that's when I started self-medicating uh, with alcohol. It was the point when you're, uh, you're pulling a handgun out of your gun safe at home and just thinking about the fact that this could all be over really easily. Um, not because I didn't have things I wanted to live for, but because I didn't know how to rest. I didn't know how to make it stop. You know, a lot of questions. Uh, a lot of questions like, um, why? Um, why did that happen? Why me? Um, whose fault is it? Um, is it my fault? Am I solely to blame? Is it the chain of command's fault? Are they to blame? Are we both to blame? How do I deal with the guilt that I feel for having done what I've done? Uh, how do I deal with the shame that I feel for not just having done something potentially that harmful, but um, am I the thing that I did? We all have the same need to answer the same question of who am I and why am I and why am I here? Um, and in being here, what do I do with the fact that I hurt people, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes on purpose, and they hurt me? What do I do with that? This is part two of a conversation we had with our good friends, Stephen and Brooke Elliott. Theirs is a story of tragedy, depression, heartache, grace, and redemption. It's our prayer that by hearing their story, you can marvel with us at the goodness of God to repair and restore lives even when all hope seems lost. There was many nights, mm-hmm. most nights, I should say, where you know he was on the computer and many nights where he was drinking and I knew that he was not telling me the whole story mm-hmm. with that. Um, and so, you know, for them to connect in those early years, I felt was really, really important and it mm-hmm. wasn't happening. And mm-hmm. so it was like a constant a constant source of pain yeah for me yeah like it just really really broke my heart right how long did this yeah. kind of go on with you sort of you know battling alone it sounds like yeah and what did that lead to in your guys's relationship and share with the listeners yeah we, we know your journey but <laughs> yes. obviously we want to hear yeah i mean ultimately so that was 2000 i got out in may of 2007 and then um then for the next really two years, basically not quite two years, was kind of the final leg down yeah. um, in our, you know, our first marriage. Yeah, it was almost like exactly say. two years. Almost actually. like two years. Because wow. I got out in yeah. 07, um, was a financial advisor with a large firm, and um, turns out there's a financial crisis in 2008. Yeah, that was <laughs> really and so, just to add to everything. Right? Yeah, and so so, but but what that meant was then it was another. That again, another it, external. It was the army. Yeah. But now it's well, I got a new job and mm-hmm. I got to pass my securities exams. Otherwise, Ooh. I'm not going to have a job. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I passed my securities exams. Well, now I got to you know build my client base. Right. And then right. now I got to keep my client base. And that like there's always something. And so it's not until basically, you know, Brookwood, um, you know, 
continuously and politely but directly just like is that okay like you're drinking every night or maybe you could talk to somebody or mm. you know like that was a kind of a consistent theme and then and it would almost never be an argument like he would agree with me yeah. but mm. then nothing would change gotcha yeah. so it was so two i imagine years. some bitterness yeah. and resentment mm-hmm. would start building yeah and just hopelessness yes. honestly okay because um you know i begged him to go to counseling Mm. and then I begged him to go to counseling with me and he would just we would have a conversation and he would be like yes I totally understand you know Mm -hmm. and maybe it was just to get me off his back at that time um but yeah just just, a high functioning he's like okay yeah we'll do this to like an appeasement really and not really like I think I yeah I wanted I was I was afraid well, number one, like you're stuck in your own inertia, right. like you're stuck in your own sort of pattern of behavior where right. it's just like, yeah, I should, I should go work out as you're like stuffing three fistfuls of potato chips in your mouth and you're like, in there. It's like, stop. <laughs> no. like, wait a minute. Like, I'm currently yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like, so it's, it's part of, it's just muscle memory. Right. Like, okay. okay how do I stop like, and actually mm. do that? Um, and then part of it was just fear. Part yeah. of it was. Um, I was afraid that if I, if I actually, like going to see someone makes the wound, whatever that is, more real. Mm. So it's this perverse logic where if I don't see the doctor, there's nothing wrong. Mm. Um, and then there's also the, well, what happens if we go down that road, which doesn't sound particularly fun. Right. Um, what happens if we go down that road and it doesn't change anything? Mm. Then, I, then I really am hopeless. Mm. At least now I have this weird hope of treatment yet to be applied like false sense of security it's just like well it's yeah. out there if it gets really bad yeah. but i'm handling it gotcha. because it partly in my mind like when i would think of um you know the way that i was conditioned to think of um i had no i guess i had no visual context for uh quote-unquote mental illness or the right. unseen wounds of war other than um, the guy who's on the street corner wearing the surplus jacket mm. begging for change. Mm. So I had a very binary view yeah. where it's like either you're part of functioning society and um, and by the way, what do you have to feel sorry about? Mm. Like there's um, a guy in your platoon who you blew his knee out because of your weapon mm. and your choice to fire and maybe another guy that you maybe killed. Um, yeah. And you came home with all your fingers and toes. So count your blessings. Mm. Um, you don't get to feel sorry for yourself. Mm. Um, you have this good job. You have a family. You have all these things mm-hmm. that basically you use that, and it's it's a filter of guilt and a filter of shame where wow. you don't deserve to even be wounded. But then you don't have the, the picture in your mind of it's, well, if I admit to that, if I raise my hand, then like I'm at risk of falling off the wagon of society mm. you know what I mean like yeah. then I'm yeah. in this class of and that's not me like I'm yeah. I'm a strong yeah, all person the stigma there's right. a lot Attached of stigma right. and, and it wasn't from and the the crazy thing about it is I was in a job and in a community I had all the privacy in the world I had all the resources in the world I had all the time like if anybody would have had the ability to carve out an hour a week in their schedule and pay for it themselves and do it and talk to somebody it was me so (laughs) you know I wasn't working two swing shifts like trying to make ends meet Mm -hmm. so it was purely my own fear my own ego my own ignorance that kept me from seeking help Mm -hmm. and then ultimately it got to a point where Brooke was just done yeah Um, it's just it was like my the door to my heart was closed. Wow. And there was just no opening it because at that time when 
when I basically said, okay, I'm done now. Yeah. And we need to figure out what's next. Um, he was like, oh, well, wait, okay, I'll go to counseling. And, you <laughs> sure. know, and then right. I think we went to one session together, <laughs> which just felt like a big joke. And she was like, well, you guys are really good at communicating. I'm not <laughs> used to this. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? It's right? kind of funny. And like, you know, that's all we yeah. did for yeah. two years and eight months. So, yeah, we are pretty good at communicating. Right. Are, right. It's um, so, I mean, to, yeah. to hear you say that, <clears throat> it reminds me of <clears throat> even in communication, we can still be obscured to each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. can still, uh, there's an author, um, I'm forgetting his name right now, uh, but he calls it uh, uh, meaningful risk, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Andy Crouch mm. yeah. in his book, I forget what it's called. Uh, it's the, we- the weak and the strong. There it is. <laughs> strong and the weak. He talks about meaningful risk. We're yeah. like, we can talk to someone else and be like functioning, yeah, mm-hmm. but not truly opening yourself up yep. to the sense that like you can tell me and I can, I can take your feedback, internalize it, mm-hmm. and actually take like let it bear weight in my heart and in my soul mm-hmm. and so you can be skilled communicators and just just, yeah. just run that obstacle course all day long yeah or you never actually mm-hmm. let it penetrate your heart mm-hmm. and here you are you end up two years after you know playing this game and you're as a wife brooke you're mm-hmm. saying i'm done like mm-hmm. this isn't this feels like a lie basically yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it does it feels like we're roommates right not so, very good ones really so we're so go from there some that decision in your hopeless. heart the yeah. heart your heart door had been shut yeah. and so what happens next so, gosh, there's like a few other things. I you, guess. Were you guys married for two years no. at this point? Well, we were married for f- four because you were two apart and then two together. Yeah, two okay. years since you got That's home. Yeah. yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah our anniversary is the, the end of August. I guess at one point, at what point did you actually say, "Here's the divorce papers"? Um, well, we it was hmm. we were getting not great I mean I was getting no advice um, because I didn't let anybody in and that was part of my that was also part of the MO even with Brooke right. like part of the part of the logic of well I don't want to tell her about stuff because I'm like protecting her from my pain right mm. where it's just like well those two things aren't mutually exclusive like nope. yeah. we're not asking you don't have to ask your wife to perform surgery on you um, but that doesn't mean you don't go see somebody who does that right. um, or find an outlet um, in order to um, try and start addressing that. But uh, it went from, you know, well, uh, we're roommates, um, you know, I'll sleep in the den. Maybe we just need some extra separation mm. in the house for that to help. Just like, turns out that doesn't help. Um, and then it was... That was bad advice. That was, ba- that was <laughs> bad advice. Um, <laughs> that was some bad advice. And then it was... Um, well, let's kind of call a spade a spade, and maybe if I, I'll just move out. And so uh, moved out in you know spring of '09. Um, moved in with you know a couple of guys who were you know single guys had a room for rent in a house, and you know they were both working professionals, and you know mm-hmm. it was a, it was a good it was a good setup. And then it was just like, well, neither of us are particularly comfortable sitting in ambiguity. Mm-hmm. We're both pretty much just like. If this is what it is, then let's you know let's let's rip the bandaid off. Yeah. And um and so then it wasn't too long after I moved out to where you know yeah we started you know about divorce proceedings yeah summer of two thousand nine I believe. Mm-hmm. Wow. So at this point, fast forward maybe a few months after the the divorce proceedings yeah. and that's all made official right at some point. Mm-hmm. Now you're living separate lives. Yep. Mm-hmm. Stephen still dealing with these issues, yeah. I presume. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I mean, I got to a point where, and that was sort of the, that's what it took for me to sort of be jarred enough into, mm-hmm. to have had 
like to feel like you're an adult. Right. Like I've got a house and a mortgage and a wife and a kid and a job. Hmm. And then now hmm. I'm, you know, drinking Keystone, playing Mario Kart with my two roommates, which is fun. <laughs> And still doing my big grown up job. Mm. I'm disappointed in your beer choice, but that's we were we had to get through some stuff. We had to clear that out before we could. I hadn't hit my IPA phase yet. Palette was developing. It's a long phase. It is a long phase. It can persist. But um, yeah, I just remember like kind of sitting there and like like I used to have these things, Mm. and then now I don't. Mm. And it's like what. What happened? Wow. And that was kind of the first point where I was sort of like, oh, maybe maybe I'm the mm. common denominator mm. <laughs> in in this mm. equation. And and so then during that summer I started um and some of it was just frankly, us being apart was helpful to some degree because um I was able to just just practically speaking, just take care of myself for a while uh, Mm -hmm. and feel like, because you'd get home and I would oftentimes, I just felt like a failure. And so, Mm. um, because I knew that I was emotionally neglecting, you know, Broken Gracie. Um, I was good at mowing the yard and I was good at, you know, doing chores or whatever, but um, I was not there for them. So at least not living together, it was helpful in some regards because I wasn't letting anybody else down. Like I had a cat and he didn't seem to, care one way or the other so as, you're like as, the human you're a human version of a cat sort of yeah <laughs> living with a cat a wounded a wounded feral barn cat <laughs> that doesn't want to be seen until he's right. whole frankly right. i mean that's yeah. really hasn't what it is bathed in a while. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't bathed that's in a while just potato chips <laughs> yeah <laughs> potato chips mm. um so then oh. i started getting i started seeing somebody i started um during that time um, you know, I started turning back to the Lord. There was stuff mm. that, that was happening for me where um, where that my heart was being drawn back towards him. You said seeing somebody, you're seeing a counselor? Or? Saw a counselor, yeah. No, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good clarification. Yeah, thank you. Um, sure. I, saw I started actually seeing somebody because how else do you medicate yourself after right. a divorce? Right. Right? Interesting, yeah. Mm. Just yeah. start dating. Just what was his fill name? Fill that hole back. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I love I how you say that. Can't like, get away from it. <laughs> that that was a fun one. <laughs> wow. Um, Terrible. So I started like I was, I started having language for what I was going through. Um, started um, doing some treatment called EMDR, um, which is just one of variety of modalities mm-hmm. for, for trauma. That didn't fix me by any stretch, but it definitely yeah. started taking some of the edge off. And then, um, yeah, it was during that time that um yeah i was i was making a lot of the positive choices that brooke had been asking me to make for a very long time Mm -hmm. and then she was having her own experience during Mm -hmm. that time frame of our Mm -hmm. basically we were just waiting for the divorce to be final Mm. wow Mm -hmm. so what what was that like for you at that point so you're having your own experience kind of Mm -hmm. realizing okay this is coming to grips with the fact that 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 marriage that chapter of life is behind me Mm -hmm. um quickly i mean we're because i know at the point of, uh, there's a point where you guys kind of meet meet again yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah so up until that point what what's the life of brooke like and just i'm thinking to the wife mm-hmm. that might be listening to this mm-hmm. who's not necessarily you know in that point of separation themselves but mm-hmm. feeling Feels like separated. maybe that's the only way yeah, yeah. forward mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and maybe shed some light on that and maybe how that could be a lie or maybe oh, how yes. that could be Yes, it's all You know, sh- share, share, where's mm-hmm. the gospel and all that? And yep. I just would love to hear from you. Well, and like that lie that we tell ourselves that, you know, when this is over, mm. meaning our marriage, mm. I'm going to feel a lot wow. better. <laughs> 
things are going to get a lot easier. And so for me, um, I wasn't, I really did stop pursuing a relationship with God. I wasn't mad at him necessarily. It was more just, I guess, indifference. And um, started seeking outside myself for things to fill Mm. the void. And so I was you know, going out. And, you know, I had become a mom at 22. Mm. Like, I was really young. And then shortly after that, I got married. And so I did feel like I didn't get to have, you know, that youthful fun because Mm. that's going to make Mm. me happy, you know, is what I was thinking. And so that's what I did Mm. for a number of months until I remember sitting at this, this bar in Seattle and I was just like... I, I hate this. This is so <laughs> empty. I mean, it just it yeah. just hit me like you know just yeah. right over the head, and I just I went home, and you know that was kind of the end of that. You mm. know, doing the partying thing, and really that sort of seeking and searching. And it was sh- very shortly after that that mm. Stephen and I had chatted over the phone because we had we had maintained contact we felt like it was really important to not just completely sever the relationship for gracie's sake Mm. and so we would um over that summer i think we had had like a handful or less dinners together Mm -hmm. and um you know and i had and he was still helping us with the finances like we stayed in the house and you know i was i was still in school Mm -hmm. um you know i didn't have a way to support Gracie and I quite yet and so um you know I was I called him over some silly bill or something I don't even remember and and I just started crying and I was like why did you change everything after I left because mm-hmm. he started seeing a counselor he mm-hmm. made friends he right. d- started playing soccer again like these were all things that I begged him to do yep. when we were together and mm-hmm. um Oh, he actually started eating well. Like, he used to always make fun of me. You know, <laughs> organic. <laughs> you know? <laughs> nothing, nothing but wheatgrass. That's right. That's right. Steady diet. That and kale chips. So. No, she was, Brooke was an excellent cook, and she was actually going to school to be a nutrition counselor. Yeah. So, and some of this stuff, it wasn't just like, you need, you know, an extra three milligrams of beta carotene. It was just right. like, I don't know, is, you know, beer and potato chips and, you know, chips and salsa, is that going to be your dinner? Yeah. You're going to wake up and you're going to have, you know, coffee. In a Danish, so help me okay. out with that. You know, yeah, so it was yeah. just it was like super thirty thousand foot view, right. like do do yourself and then do us a favor and just take care of yourself. Mm. You know, mm. and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so, so you guys had gone this 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 amazing, I mean, crazy journey, and you're now you're functionally separated mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. legally yep. separated. Yeah, um, but mm-hmm. God is Eventually getting God is re, yeah. God is re kind of renewing your affections for him or your need your I guess your knowledge of needing him and yeah. knowledge of him mm-hmm. so Stephen I, there's a story that you told on on the other podcast I mentioned um, you're in, you're hiking in Mount Rainier yes mm-hmm. <laughs> is that was that the turning point for you what what was that what happened and what was that and where does that sit in this in your story of, of the two of you yeah it was it was definitely um I would consider that like kind of the the apex of my my own spiritual wandering. Um, I had sort of been like I'd gone to church a few times and that was kind of getting. I just felt like I needed. It. I didn't like I didn't care about you know Sunday service. I just wanted to be somewhere where somebody was preaching the gospel. Yeah, I just like needed that in my soul. And yeah, that was a um, we were separated and uh, it was unusual for me to actually feel like. Um, 
I mean, that's part of the depression. You know, you just even things that you would want to do, you just feel like you don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like a weight, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was a Fourth of July weekend, um, and I actually was excited with the prospect of, oh wow, like I think I want to go on a hike. And that was kind of unusual and kind of exciting. And it's just like, oh, okay. So I, I charted out a, a, a loop on the Carbon River Glacier of uh, Mount Rainier and um, went on that hike. Uh, didn't bother to tell anybody that mm-hmm. I was going on that hike. And wow. then um, it was one of those years where we had had uh, an unusual amount of snow. Right. Um, like in, in fact, I think just the year prior or so, that whole road um, – uh, along the Carbon Car- River had flooded dramatically. Yep. And, I remember and, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Crazy. So it didn't happen yeah. that year. I think it was not long before that. But that event was catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. And so um, so anyway, I was hiking, and there was various times the snow, the, the, the upshot of it was the snow line was much lower than it should have sure, been in July. Sure. And so at numerous points in the trail where um, I should have turned back because that's what you do when you get significant snow on the trail is you just stop yeah. and you turn around. Um, I said no. I'm. I'm. This is the loop that I decided to do, and this is what I, this is what right and accomplishment looks like for today. And so I'm going to do that, and uh, kept going, and uh, eventually found myself in some of the most beautiful territory, you know, in you know the subalpine, and yeah. you know just dancing around the Carbon River Glacier, and it was gorgeous, and um, I had no idea where I was. Wow. And um, eventually, that starts to dawn on you that. Um, you you have a fleece and a cliff bar and um you're a long ways from your car and it's legit wilderness it's yeah. not you're not just you know and no one knows where you are mm-hmm. yeah and so and you keep going and you keep going and you're walking along ice fields and it's beautiful and it's gorgeous and it's terrifying and it's exhilarating all at the same time <laughs> and then um but you feel like with each step like to to return is like with every step that you've taken it's hard to turn around and take mm, the step back yeah because it's just like well then what was the last four hours of, you know, walking out here if I'm not going to finish? I'm just going to have to go back and then look like even more of an idiot to some park ranger mm-hmm. to get a ride back to my car versus when I should have asked for that. I should have, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like being on the trail that you shouldn't be on mm-hmm. um, makes it more likely that you'll stay on the trail because it's hard to get off of it Yeah. Mm-hmm. anyway. And so I hold up to a tree that night and I um, um, was, you know, prepared for all of that and I was just waiting for daylight and um, you know just kind of had the self-talk loop going you know just Mm -hmm. not letting doubt or fear or you know any of that stuff you know kind of it's just like nope I'm going to finish and this is what I'm going to do and I knew Generally speaking, I knew where I was. I just didn't know where the trail was. Says so. every person who's ever died in the wilderness. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Correct. Um, so, um, so yeah, I'm just sitting there next to a tree, um, shivering, and um, and it's just like I don't really know even how to describe it, but it was just like I got just hit in the forehead with kind of a cosmic two by four, mm. and uh, it was it was uh, it was a voice that was not. It, 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 I wouldn't say it was if somebody would say was it an aud- the auditory voice of God or not I would say yes I don't know it just was like I don't wow. even know how else to describe it but it was just the word and the command and frankly the invitation stop Wow. and it was um, my entire being just was jolted to a halt and it was just um, it was rebuking and it was loving all at the same time Mm. and um 
uh, I wept and and I felt um, just that embrace. And um, after that, I just sat there just like, what am I doing here? Mm. And then laughing at myself that it's not like I just woke up after being, you know, kidnapped by the drug cartel and they dumped me off some mountain. Like I'm here shivering in the middle of the night with no food because I walked here. I walked here. <laughs> because of myself. Because of myself. And it was hard to walk here. Yeah. yeah. Like I walked here. Oh, it's not like I just took like one of those flat escalators at the airport right. and you wind up here. It's just like I walked here. So right. I marveled at that for a while. And then I, I realized that um, I took some hope in the fact that, well, I'm here because of the snow, which means that I have tracks that I just get to follow back to the trail. So, okay, fine. I'll eat crow and ask the park ranger to give me a hand, but it should be easy to get back to the trail. I spent I spent probably a good eight or nine hours the next day on what were sun-baked, snow-packed glaciers in yep. the July afternoon were ice sheets. Oh, yeah. gosh. And so... Um, with every step, like I could see my footprints, but it was just like with every step and every fall, it was just, it wasn't, I don't believe it was, it was God saying, you know, we want to really make it hurt. It was just like when you're taking those steps away from the path, metaphorically speaking, Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be some cost and some consequence to getting back. And you don't just get hop, hop over on one lane and then hop back. And so, um, so I spent the day doing that. And then, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, from that point forward, it was um, that was for me kind of the extent of my own, wow, my own ego and my own, um, and it's 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 kind of dramatic and it's kind of silly and it's embarrassing in a way because it's just like it could have been so much simpler. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the Lord was gracious enough to do for me what I needed in order to get my attention. Wow, um, but um, He was not just there on Mount Rainier waiting for me. Um, he was there all along. Wow. Um, it just, it took some pretty um, defining or um, just more dramatic circumstances because I was just that dense and that mm. prideful, frankly. And um, and from that point forward, um, you know, that was a very a different path for me. I love what you said that um, you heard, you know, God. Yeah. Uh, it was an invitation to yeah. stop. Yes. And that's, I feel like mm-hmm. what so often is, is what we fail to hear is this yeah. invitation to quit that's trying, right. quit mm-hmm. trying to whatever that fill in the blank. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. But it always, it always amounts to some level of trying to find our identity. That's right. To find our significance, to find our security outside of the one place where we can only find it. That's right. Yeah. And that's in God. And so that's when, when you share that story, it's just so like every time I've, I've, been ministered to by the Holy Spirit. It's been an invitation to just stop. That's right. And just let God be God and I'll be a person. That's right. And he will be my God. Just like that refrain we see throughout the Old Testament. They will yeah, I will be their God and they will be my people. I will be the That's what that's our place. That's right. And the thing is we try to get out of place in that and it wreaks havoc it on does. our lives. <clears throat> now trauma and all and sin has broken everything and mm-hmm. and you know there's death and there's trauma and there's mental illness and there's all these things all these things that we have to figure out the, the point is that we, we're being we're being invited to stop that's right trying to figure it out that's exactly right not that there's a pad answer and there's I, i'd still believe in like mental health care and of mental course. health counseling Absolutely. and stuff like that so Absolutely. so let's let's um we, we're going a little bit longer but i think it's worth it i'd love to just hear so you, you have this encounter with god and you, the holy spirit's been working this whole time and with you the whole time and brooke the same thing's happening on your end mm-hmm. so at what point are you guys uh, begin the reconciliation process and what happened there 
She had, well... Um, it was on that phone call, actually. Yeah, she called. It was the middle of the trading day, no less. I'm at, <laughs> working at Morgan Stanley, and she calls with a nitinoid question, and then all of a sudden... I feel like I'm held hostage by a crying woman on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a hostage situation. <laughs> and I'm the guy. And I'm the hostage. Because <laughs> so, I can't just be like, kind of, like, right. can't hang. Are you breaking up? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and I generally feel like, oh my gosh, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's when she really, um, she, it was a lot of risk, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, yeah, it was a lot of risk, both in that moment, and then I mm-hmm. think even in, um, in recognizing for both of us that, and this is the, this is such a challenging thing in any relationship, particularly marriage, is the fact that when you sort of ask the question, at least for us, and, I mean, I know there's there's some genuinely, you know, very unhealthy, abusive, one-sided relationships, and right. I, I don't mean to, you know, speak to that at all. Right. But for us, it's just like, well, um, I can, it wasn't, I could say, like, when she started saying, well, she doesn't run, want a relationship with me anymore, I'd say, well, we got divorced because of her. Just like, well, why is that, Stephen? Like, why exactly right. did she get to that place? Mm. Did maybe you have something to do with that? Mm. And so I think we both had to get to a place where we saw our own sin yeah. and we saw our own brokenness and we saw that um, I don't complete her and and she doesn't complete me mm. and that if if we're doing this um, outside of, you know, mutual submission to Jesus, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. Wow. Um, yeah. And so um, she had gotten to that place. Yeah, you you might think that Stephen is hard-headed being stuck up on a mountain and finally getting it. <laughs> like, it took our divorce for me to finally be like, okay, Jesus, I want you wow. in control of my life. Wow. And, like, it was wow. very powerful, mm-hmm. like, on my knees, mm-hmm. crying, like, yeah. this is my deepest heart's desire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the next day it wasn't, you know, it was just different. Things wow. are just different. Mm. Yeah. And so it wasn't a, you know, a seeking outside of myself at that point. Like things were still hard. I was still me. You know, it was mm. just the focus that I had was really different. Yeah. Focus on God. So we started like, so okay. she, we had that conversation and then I was just sort of like, um, well, why don't I pick you up? And I had to start again. No, of, you said, this is story. Do you ever think about getting back together and mm. I, which as wow. soon as I said it I was just like why are you saying can't that? ring that bell <laughs> there it goes they're gone heads are out and I hadn't honestly I yeah. hadn't at all because wow. I felt like you know I was so different of a yeah. person you know all the how long know. were you guys separated or divorced or separated um, at this point we we had no at this point that we started talking it had only been a, a number of months okay. like five or six months okay. yeah something time. like that okay. yeah sure um, but things had died long before sure honestly wow. long before that um, and I hadn't but I was like yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah I didn't want to be courteous I didn't want to think it was about him because it really wasn't it was about me like why would he want me mm. like what I've done I just felt really shameful and ugly mm. with my behavior wow. and um and just so different from anything that he had even seen of me you know mm. it was it was like I was a different person during that time sure. and um He's like, okay, (laughs) well, how about I pick you up for church? And, you know, this was during the week, so it was like, I think that Sunday, you know, Gracie, she would go and visit her dad every other weekend, so I was free Mm -hmm. a couple weekends a month, and so, yeah, so he came and picked me up and started. Wow. Yeah. 
going to church wow. together. Started to rekindle the the court the courtship and yeah, I mean, yeah, see that as a like, possibility. It felt like a gift because we we hadn't. It was almost like experiencing that in a way that we really hadn't even because yeah. we had such a brief right. time together yeah. when I was still yeah. stationed up here, and so we were able to experience wow. that. And then mm-hmm. yeah, then over time, you know, I think it was yeah, just more yeah, just more risk that was taken. Um, I know from Brooks' part, uh, especially as far as just expressing like her hopes and desires and and um and then really i mean i can remember again it's not like you remember waypoints in the road it's not that everything changes at that point but it's like something comes to a head at that point and you realize something and i can remember i don't remember what the what the sermon was even on but um uh at some point it was noted that i was talking to genesis one and it was noted that there's, you know, two different, which I don't know what they are, but there's two different Hebrew words for basically create. Um, mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. one essentially means you're taking raw materials and you're putting something together or fashioning something. Right. And the other means um, out of nothing, something. Yeah. Which and only God can do. Which only God can do. Yeah. And that's, of course, the Hebrew word that's used in Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there and just feeling the Holy Spirit, like, really impressing that, where it's just like, that's what I'm doing. Wow. Because this is not... It's not God just said that's what I'm doing. Yeah, it's not just us, it's yeah. not like oh we have some raw material. It's not like well right. we're a fixer upper mm-hmm. and you know we just you know mm-hmm. need a new coat of paint. It's just like we have we have nothing of value to offer each other. We have no building materials. Period. Mm-hmm. And so to the extent that there is anything to build with is because he is doing mm-hmm. a work because mm-hmm. he is creating. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, you know our life has been just just continual evidence of that wow. um, of his work mm-hmm. um, in all of that so you guys obviously got remarried yes mm-hmm. uh about how long after it was almost exactly one year okay okay yeah. okay from when he moved out yeah okay to when we were remarried yeah wow. and then and that's that's been how many years now it was in 2010 so nine years ago okay yeah so this is our longest marriage ever <laughs> <laughs> so far yeah. congrats Man. You guys, God is so good. I just, um, there's so many, uh, facets to yeah. this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but the, but the one, the thread that is so clear, it's crystal clear is God's redemptive power, his yes. redemptive work that he mm-hmm. does. And he, he's not, um, he's not reactive no. in that God, you know, he's sovereign and mm-hmm. he, um, has, has a plan and has knowledge and all those different things. And we get to see, we get to witness it unfold mm-hmm. and it's for our good, it's for his glory. And, um, so what I mean, you guys have been through a lot as we've as we've covered. Mm-hmm. There are listeners. There's a husband listening. There's a wife listening who feel like they're in a one sided marriage. Mm-hmm. Brooke, the wife might feel like you feel like the husband's totally, you know, gated off and and unavailable, and you know she's feeling how you felt mm-hmm. those all those years ago. Stephen, there's there's a husband listening to this who feels like he's just failed. Yeah. Whether he's had an affair, whether he's addicted to pornography, yeah. or he's got substance addiction abuse issues, um, yeah. or he's or undealt with mental or, health, yeah, health or issues and anxiety, depression, anything, shame. Or what that looks like. So yeah. I guess just briefly, what what would you, each of you, say to the couple who's in that today, right mm-hmm. now, from where you stand, where you sit? Mm-hmm. What encouragement do you have for them? Yeah. 
I mean, a there's it's and it's easier to say it's certainly on this side of it than it is when you're in the middle of, of it because I, I I will forget the very words I'm about to speak mm-hmm. the next time that I'm dealing with something painful or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I'll write this down for myself as well. But but is, is there there is hope, um, mm-hmm. and I mean I think that's that's kind of you know point one. I think. Um, and I think there is hope insofar as the hope is not placed in yourself and your ability. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. And at the same time, that doesn't relieve you from responsibility. This, mm. this, isn't, so this isn't just a, you know, wave the devotional wand um, and then the Holy Spirit will <laughs> yeah. fix it all. Um, he's the first mover, mm-hmm. um, and, and we are invited to respond. So when we are convicted of our failures, um, when we're convicted of our sin, uh, there's a response um, that that we get to choose, mm. and I mean that's what makes us human. Effectively, is the fact that we have that ability to choose. Um, right. And so, so yeah, I think the um, just the presence of hope, and that the hope isn't you. And um, mm-hmm. the sooner you get to that place, um, mm-hmm. where if you have been banking on your competence, your ability, your paycheck, your car, your whatever it is that mm-hmm. your identity is built on in terms of your, I'm the provider or I'm the whatever, um, you just got to let all that crap go. Um, and it's not that those things are bad necessarily. It's just that if they're doubling as your identity, they're going to destroy mm-hmm. you. They mm-hmm. will absolutely kill you. They will turn on you in an mm-hmm. instant. And so um, wow. that has, I think that has to go away. And that can be a really painful process. And mm-hmm. for us, I mean, that process, frankly, didn't happen willingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, it happened we were kind of fighting it tooth and nail in some respects because nobody wants to have their sin revealed. Nobody wants to have their right. brokenness um, brought to the light. And no mm-hmm. one wants to feel like we don't, cer- certainly. We don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel like I'm not strong enough to deal with my own stuff. Mm. And so you have to get to that point um, in, in order for that to be dealt with. And you have to, I would say, whatever the issue is, you have to invite other people into that. That. Mm. Um, we were made in and for community wow. and that can look very different for every individual and couple sure. and the issues you're facing mm-hmm. but you're not doing this alone yes. and that's that's the biggest lie that I think we can be told as individuals and then certainly as a couple I mean we live these lives um, immersed in media and social media and everything else and as much as we might know yeah I mean on the other side of that picture with the newborn you know he's throwing up on the mom's dress or whatever we still feel that guilt and shame sometimes of, well, everybody else is not dealing with these issues. They're unique to us. And, um, they're, they're just probably not. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think the sooner, um, that as a couple, even there can be, um, an invitation for community is so important. I remember just a a mutual friend that we share, Jake, Mm -hmm. love him. (laughs) And I remember him telling me the story of when he found out what you guys were going through and he called you and he's like what the bleep yeah. like why didn't you tell me yeah mm-hmm. you guys are going through this because yeah. there's this sense of you've been doing this you've been suffering alone and yeah. we, we want to love you through yeah. it and we want to remind you of yeah he, thre- he threatened physical violence on me after the fact in a very <laughs> jesus, so. jesus loving way but he was he was like yeah. seriously like I-, I love you and if you ever do that again like seriously like mm-hmm. don't yeah, um, and so I think people that, have read the book and had similar reactions. Like I yeah. had no idea, right? Yeah. And that made right. me feel really sad because then we're not giving them the opportunity to love us, so mm-hmm. then, which so I then. think is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how? Yeah. Speak to speak to the wife, I guess who who was well, in that role. I, the 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 first thing that 
popped into my head actually is that uh, divorce is death mm. it's a death that you will mourn mm. and it doesn't even matter how horrible the marriage may have been mm-hmm. um, it's something that um, I think will scar your heart mm. just be ready for that um the weight of that decision i mean we see people do it all the time Mm. you know more than half now right um so i think in some ways it's normalized Mm. but i just think that it's um it's something that is it's not you don't get over it you definitely you can you can heal from it um but it will leave a scar so just not to not to not to buy that lie, Don't right? That divorce yep. is just this quick, uh, you know, stroke of the pen, yeah. and all of a sudden yeah. you just have this new life. Yeah. And really, mm-hmm. what you're saying is divorce is death. It's and death. Yeah. You mourn it, and yeah. you don't recover from it. Yep. And yeah, um, that's amazing. And you know, after Stephen, I got married uh, again, remarried. <laughs> um, everything wasn't, you know, just peachy keen. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> After we, you know, accepted Jesus and started following right. and it's like just all those and sunshine, things, yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, there was still so much, mm. like a lot of rawness. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, and even this last mm. year, we've faced some pretty intense hardship mm. and grief, and it's something that um, we do together and we do mm. in community with mm. other. Um, like-minded believers yeah i think it's really really important to have um even if it's just you know a a few other people you know you don't have to have a giant group of friends um and people to connect with but people that are going to help keep you on the path Mm -hmm. so good you know and um and then we have you know all sorts of different community from there yeah you know yeah that's we awesome. don't operate just in, you know, a Christian bubble, but um, it is important to have those mentors in yeah. your life. And sometimes you got to seek them out mm. really intentionally and be like, yeah. you have something I want. Yeah. So good. All of that intentionality. Yeah. Um, so good. The other theme that I'm seeing here is that there's this sense that Jesus has won the war, but the mm-hmm. battle is still yep. raging. Right. Yep. And I think of... Um, you know, uh, for Samuel seven, right. Or 17, David and Goliath, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. It's like the quintessential, like victory story. Right. Right. And we tend to, in modern Christendom, in modern Christian culture, we think, Oh, I'm David and Goliath is my problem. You know, my financial problems (laughs) or my boss or my, whatever my hurdle is. And, (laughs) and, uh, and the, the, I think the better reading is that Jesus is the greater David and he has conquered Goliath. However, the story doesn't end there. No. Yeah. Is that after that, what happened is the Israelites went to war. That's mm-hmm. right. They, they, like, that was a decisive, like, I can't get into it here, but that's a hugely decisive victory. Right. It was mm-hmm. the victory. Mm-hmm. Now they go fight. And that's what you're talking about is mm-hmm. now you go get community, yeah. get counseling, do the work, have the hard conversations, yep. stick around that's mm-hmm. right. yep. when things get hard. That's right. Because yep. the battle's been, the, the, the war is won, but the battle's still there. Yeah. Yep. And it's worth fighting for is yeah. what I hear you saying. It so yeah. given that, War Story is yes. the name of yes. your book. Yeah. <laughs> We're finally getting around to it. We're over an hour and 20 minutes into this thing. <laughs> but... So tell us about uh, what War Story is. I mean, just briefly. I yeah. mean, it's this and more. Yeah. And then what what are you working on now? Because you're working on something really exciting right now with the Elliott Fund. And just, mm-hmm. oh, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. So, I mean, War Story is it's effectively my <clears throat> military memoir. Um, and I say my, I mean, somewhat 
uh, with heavy quotations. I mean, I'm the author, but it's very much, you know, our story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, Brooke and my story as well, because she's been, mm-hmm. you know, a part of uh, virtually all of it, save for you didn't deploy to Afghanistan, but you were. Thank yeah. God for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but but uh, she's, you know, she's the most significant uh, character in the, in the story for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, so, um, so yeah, that's, that's, it's a story. And it's, it's not meant to be a, um, it doesn't have, um, prescribed takeaways or anything like that. It's just, this is what we experienced and this mm-hmm. is what I experienced. And, um, you know, to include, you know, a lot of, a lot of darkness and to include, you know, God's healing and work of redemption as we've, we've talked about a little bit. Um, the point of the story is not to just tell the story. Um, and, um, the point of it is to use the story, our, our intention and even uh, in me writing it is, um, to use the story as a catalyst to talk about these issues of, um, the unseen wounds of war, mm. um, and particularly um, the stigma and the broken policies that still pervade within the active duty military. Mm. Um, a lot of attention gets paid um, to the VA, um, the quote unquote veteran, right? Mm-hmm. Which that's fine. Um, but the, the one thing that all veterans have in common is that they all were once on active duty. <laughs> and yeah. mm-hmm. if they're suffering from an unseen wound of war, as I was for, for a number of years, um, you know, I didn't, I was the equivalent of somebody who didn't realize they had a gunshot wound until they had left Afghanistan five years prior. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then you have that wound that's metastasized into other things. Yeah. And so um, our hope is that. A, you know, um, all the proceeds from the book that I would otherwise receive, that we'd otherwise receive, are, are going to be given away to, to organizations mm-hmm. that are doing good work at the you know, really the bleeding edge of um, mm-hmm. the mental health um, epidemic in our country. That's not confined to the military, um, mm-hmm. but it's certainly there. Um, but then also we're using that as a platform for social change. Yeah. Um, we've identified with with partner organizations um, uh, seventeen key policy initiatives um, that wow. we're asking the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the House and, and the Senate Armed Services Committees to take up. And we, we, we were saying that if these were implemented, um, uh, we're not saying that that's going to, we can't fix culture overnight. Um, you can't legislate culture. Right. And, there, and there's a lot of cultural brokenness uh, with respect to the military and mm-hmm. how it views mental health in general. Um, but we have to start somewhere. And so we believe that that those policy changes would, uh, would meaningfully mm-hmm. improve um, how um, mental health is viewed and treated in the active duty ranks so that we're not right. talking about people who th- are then the VA's problem, who right. are then um, wow. sleeping on somebody's couch going through divorce or who are dealing with a DUI wow. or domestic yeah. violence or whatever, because that's what happens wow. is these yeah. things metastasize, and then you're dealing with problems mm-hmm. uh, built on top of yep. problems. So um, that's our hope that's is, to, awesome. is to put the story in service of that cause. Yeah, it's and incredible. I can say it's, I mean, incredibly important uh, mission and you guys I mean gotten to, I've gotten to talk you through it and we I get mm-hmm. to serve with you in, yeah. in the Elliott Fund which is the nonprofit that you guys set up to kind of facilitate the giving the money away that's right um, but the book is called and I want to say this is Stephen is an incredibly good he's an incredibly good writer <laughs> thank you I mean, I, I've only re- read a few pages because we're in the thick of writing our own book. Not this; <laughs> it's not going to be this good. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. but it's, it's like the first one on my list to read completely. And uh, I mean, Stephen, you're the kind of guy that I'll, I'll run into you in a coffee shop and you're reading something. It's Dante in the Italian, right? <laughs> <laughs> not exactly. Okay, but pretty much, pretty much. Um, so yeah, it's called War Story. Sometimes the real fight starts after the battle. Um, if you want to find out more, listeners, find that on Amazon. But also, um, if you want to just read more about what yeah. Stephen and Brooke are up to go yeah. to elliotfund.org, right? right? Just Elliot Fund, two L's, two T's. You got it. Fund.org. Um, you don't accept money 
like through donations, but right. it, it tells people what you're doing and they can be a part of it. They can sign the petition, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's you're creating a movement. I think I fully believe 20, 30 years from now, yeah. we're going to look back and say this is this this was a big part of that mm. yeah. shift mm. and hopefully in military culture so. and you know, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's wait and see what God does. That's it's right. so exciting. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to send our fierce marriage listeners over there. Yeah. So anyway, Brooke and Stephen, thank you guys so much for joining us, being open and honest and transparent. I know it's going to bless some people. So thank you. Thank yeah, you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome, guys. What a joy it is to see God's goodness and grace through Stephen and Brooke's story. You can find Stephen's book, War Story, wherever books are sold. Additionally, Stephen and Brooke are the founders of the Elliott Fund, which exists to advocate for reform in how the unseen wounds of war are viewed and treated so that the broken places can be made whole. To learn more, visit ElliottFund.org with two L's and two T's. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get yours. And consider joining our Patreon community to help us produce more content like this. Visit patreon.com slash fierce marriage to learn more. Until next time, stay fierce.